Did you hear that song? Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning. Lord unto me. Thank you, Tim. That's a good one for every morning, and especially this morning. We're going to talk about uh, an account in the Gospel of Mark and. I'm going to tie in a little bit about the ways that the enemy tries to separate us from God. Um, he's very wily, but he doesn't use anything new. So the strategy, and we were talking about this in our men's group, is to question God's Word. And in social media, there is a new rash, it's not new, but a new rash of what they call memes, M-E-M-E-S. And it's kind of like a cartoon, and it has something snarky to say, and, and a bunch of them are coming across that are actually challenging Scripture, challenging the validity of the Holy Bible. Um, the same kind of tired uh, arguments that the book is written by men. I haven't found a book that wasn't written by a man or a woman, but if you know of one, let me know. Um, there's just these kind of arguments, but the problem is, is that it, is, it casts and can cast doubt. That's what Satan does. He did it in the garden. When he said, did God really say that? So um, we're going to talk about that a little bit today uh, in the sermon. I would like for you to take a look at it during your own time and your own leisure, the announcements. We continue to broadcast that our 60 years of blessing is coming in November for our 60th birthday on November 6th. That's going to get here before you know it. So um, be prepared and tell a friend because it's going to be a celebration of God's faithfulness and his work through this church proclaiming out to a world Christ and him crucified. I'll let you take a look at the rest of the things. I did get some news today um, that uh, our Helen um, had a procedure. Um, I don't know the procedure exactly was because the malady was this. She said, my heart's doing the Roomba. 
So in her own way, she's doing well. The procedure went well. The only malady she has at this point is uh, upset tummy from the medication. So that is answered prayer. We have several members in the congregation that are going through some challenges right now, and so we lift them up uh, in prayer as well. If you um, would like to be in a prayer chain, um, let me know after the service, and um, we'll get you in there. Um, otherwise, general prayers are always good. God knows what we need before we do it. So let's get started with our service. I forgot to say, peace be with you. Now let's get started with our service. thousand tongues to sing my great redeemer's praise the glories of my God and King the trials of his grace my gracious master and my God assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth and brought the honors of thy name. He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the Father's clean, His blood avail for me. He speaks in listening to His voice, new life the dead receive. The mournful broken not rejoice, the humble poor. Your God, ye fallen race, Lord, can be saved through faith alone. Be justified by grace. See all your sins on Jesus laid. The Lamb of God was slain. His soul was once an offering made for Every soul in pain
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, let your merciful ears be open to the prayers of your humble servants and grant that what they ask may be in accord with your gracious will. Through Jesus Christ, our, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 4 through 7, and can be found on page 1112 in the Pew Bible. Isaiah is painting a picture of what it's like when God shows his mercy on those that are faithful. So Isaiah 35, 4 through 7. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papaya, papyrus will grow. The second reading, uh, we'll read Psalm 146 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. This psalm is uh, comparing getting help from man versus help from God. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Oh, she's got it printed 146. Okay, I'll just read the whole Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirits depart, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those who help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The next reading is taken from the book of James, chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, and can be found on page 1,881 in the Pew Bible. In this reading, the Apostle James wants believers to hear the truth of God and not the empty believers of the gospel. This chapter deals with what is genuine faith. The first is not to judge others by showing favoritism, but to love others as you would love yourself. James 2, 1 through 18. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who loved him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who are exploiting you. Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law and scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. But he who says, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy trumps over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is indeed from the gospel of Mark chapter 7, verses uh, 24 through 37, and it is found on page 1564 in your pew Bible. Mark records, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came, and she fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek. She was born in Syrophoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And when he told her, for such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. And she went home, and she found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre, and he went through uh, Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. And there some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And after he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. And then he spit and he touched the man's tongue. And he looked up to heaven. And with a deep sigh, he said, Epathetha, which means be open. And at this, the man's ears were opened, and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. And Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well. That's what they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today's gospel relates two miracles to each other. Jesus performed these miracles for people who could not speak for themselves. The first was a demon-possessed daughter, and then, of course, the second was a deaf man. In each case, someone had to intercede for the person that was afflicted. The first account focuses on the conversation between Jesus and the mother, the mother of the demon-possessed daughter. And the second account focuses on the earthly means through which Jesus gave hearing and speech to a deaf man. These two accounts have something else in common. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired Mark to include an itinerary of Jesus' travels. This helps us understand that Jesus met these two people in Gentile territory. Remember what a Gentile is? You is. I is. We are Gentiles, non-Jews. And Mark simply tells us that the woman who pleaded for her demon-possessed daughter was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. The Syrophoenician um, scholars say are, are half Syrian and half Phoenician. And they were looked down upon by the Jews. Now since Jesus was in the region of the Decapolis, which is Ten cities, regions, ten cities. When he restored this man's hearing, it is likely that this man, the deaf man, the mute man, was a Gentile as well. And these two accounts show us that Jesus did not come to save only the Jews. He came to save the Gentiles as well. That's good news. There is much to be learned from the account of the woman who pleaded for her daughter. She wanted, or rather Jesus wanted her to learn more about the great gift of faith that she had received from the Holy Spirit. So he tested her. He said to her this, remember, let the children be fed first for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And with these words, Jesus not only tested her faith, but he gave insight to a very cruel attitude that many Jews had toward the Gentiles. It is very likely that some of the crowd agreed with Jesus' words. And they hoped that the woman 
would now be discouraged and just leave. These people did not know about the kind of faith that the Holy Spirit was supporting in this woman. And she was not going to give up. In fact, no, she said to Jesus, she said to God, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. With that, the Holy Spirit had created a very deep faith in this woman, and he continued to preserve it. And if the Lord said she was a dog, then she would take a dog's share of the Lord's blessing. She would be willing to take whatever crumbs the Lord sent her way. Have you ever heard the expression, I don't know if it's an expression, but I've heard it before, and that is, man, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd just as soon, or if the least I could be, would be a footstool in heaven. That would be good enough. Or a doormat. You're in heaven. Of course, the Father doesn't relegate us to that. She was tested. Now, the second account, when Jesus drove out the, or excuse me, when Jesus drove out the uh, demon that possessed this woman's daughter, he was not just driving out a demon. What he was doing was he was opening salvation to people of every tribe, to people of every nation. And he demonstrated many of the barriers within this that we have in our own lives. He broke them down. He was saying that he was for all people at all times and in all places. Okay, story number two. Account number two. From our point of view, a deaf man is not as dramatic as a demon-possessed daughter. It's rather ho-hum. Even so, the man's inability to hear was still a result of sin in the world. The devil knows that the Holy Spirit plants faith by the Word of God, as the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 10, 17. He said, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So since the deaf cannot hear the proclamation of the word of Christ with their ears, they must see it with their eyes. And someone must make the proclamation of Christ's word visible for them. This is one of the many barriers that our sin places between us and God. Deafness, disease, blindness, hearing loss, being mute are parts of a sinful world. People are deaf for many reasons. Perhaps the ear itself does not detect sound or the nerves may not carry the signal from the ear to the brain. Or 
the brain itself may not process the signal properly. People may be born this way, or they may become deaf due to injury or an illness. Any or all of these things may be the reason that someone is deaf. And the true tragedy for people who do not hear is not in those who are physically deaf, but it is in those who are spiritually deaf. Many people have physical hearing that is just fine, but they choose. They choose not to hear God's message anyway. They have excuses, and those excuses vary as much as the people who give them. Some people think that they already know everything that God has to say to them. Others just don't care what God has to say. And still others may be afraid that they might discover that what they think God's word says is not actually what it says at all. They are afraid that they might discover that they don't agree with God's word. And there may be other excuses, but there are no good reasons to ignore God's word. Ultimately, spiritual deafness comes from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. These forces of evil want to separate us from God's word so that they can separate us from God. Separate us from his word, we are on our way to be separating from him. They hope to destroy our faith and the faith of our children. Their weapon in this war is to keep us away from God's word and God's sacrament. And thankfully, God has promised that he will always provide faithful people to proclaim his word. Who are these people? Well, I'm looking at them right now in this sanctuary. You are those people. These people are like the friends in the account of the deaf man who brought him to Jesus. These people are like the mother who pleaded for her daughter who said even scraps from the Lord's table are valuable and precious. These people might be faithful parents who bring their children to baptism and then daily share the teachings of Christ as their children grow up. These people might be friends and associates who confess their faith as they live out their vocations in this world. The Holy Spirit works through parents. The Holy Spirit works through teachers, through friends, through neighbors, through associates, sometimes even a husband or a wife, to proclaim God's word and so bring people to Christ. Did you know that y'all are doing that? You are. You may not even know it sometimes, but he's using you. There was a time when God worked through others to bring each of us to Christ. 
And as these people confessed their faith to us, Jesus' words worked in us as they did with the demon-possessed daughter and the deaf man. In the case of the demon-possessed girl, a simple word from Jesus drove the demons from her. And in the case of the deaf man, Jesus combined his word with his fingers and spit. And he stuck his fingers in the man's ears and he touched his tongue with his finger. And the man received hearing. And the man received speech from the word incarnate. Now for us, God places his word in our ears. Sometimes pastor takes a longer time to place those, ear, those words in your ears. <laughs> I saw that, Daryl. He touches us in holy baptism. And he continues to keep us in our baptisms as we confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. He actually comes to us, and he will today, with his own body and blood that are given in the bread and the wine of his supper. God uses these means to give us forgiveness, to give us life, to give us salvation. And these and these alone are the means through which the Holy Spirit bestows Christ's gifts on us. The Holy Spirit uses these means because these means all connect us to the cross. We're connected. The cross happened almost 2,000 years ago, over 6,000 miles away from here. And we cannot surmount the barrier of time or culture that separate us from that cross, nor can we break down the barrier of our own sinful nature. And just as Jesus broke down the barriers of culture and communication in today's gospel, you remember he spoke to a dog, a non-Jew, a Gentile, so God breaks down the other barriers that stand between us and God. The Holy Spirit uses these external means of word and sacrament to transcend these barriers so that the benefits of the cross and the empty tomb can be ours. The Holy Spirit eliminates barriers with the word and tells us of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Simply put, Christ and him crucified. And as the Holy Spirit works through the word, we learn that our sin separates us from God. We're like the inside of a diaper genie. Remember that one? That was a doozy. But that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that's what takes away our sins. We don't give our hearts to Jesus, right? He takes our heart and he crucifies it on that cross and he gives us a new heart. We learn that his resurrection from the dead opens up the way to everlasting life. And through the word, Christ reveals himself to us. In that revelation, he also reveals the Father and the Holy Spirit and he shows us God's salvation. 
And the Holy Spirit uses this knowledge to make that salvation personal. Personal. Take and eat his body. Take and drink his blood. Personal gift right to you. It's a gift of faith. And when the Holy Spirit joins the word to the water of our baptism, he joins us to Christ in that crucifixion so that the price he paid for sin is credited to us. And by joining us to the death of Christ, the Holy Spirit also joins us to his resurrection. We become brothers of Christ and sons of God. And we have the right and the privilege to come before God, to confess our sins, and to receive the enduring comfort of the forgiveness of sins. We become heirs, heirs to eternal life in heaven by what he did. And when the Holy Spirit joins the word to the bread and the wine, Jesus himself comes to us in the body that he gave for us and in the blood that he shed for us. And as we take him into our mouths, he feeds our souls. He strengthens our faith in him. He has promised us that this sacrament is ours for the forgiveness of sins. And with the forgiveness of sins comes life and salvation. And through these means, the Holy Spirit brings forgiveness. He brings life and salvation directly from the cross to us. And without these means, we would have no faith. We would have no forgiveness. We would have no salvation. And our eternity would be more terrifying than any of us could possibly imagine. Now how thankful, how thankful we can be that the Holy Spirit works through God's people to administer these means. And as the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to say in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. God's process for sustaining Christ's church in this world is just simply amazing. Just as a mother pleaded for her daughter, just as friends brought a deaf and mute man to Jesus, so also God works through his people to bring his word into our lives. He brings this word to our ears. He uses the wet word of holy baptism to join us to Christ. And then the word made flesh comes to us in the bread and the wine of the Lord's table. And the Holy Spirit works through this work, word to work faith in us and bring us into the church. 
And as the Holy Spirit sustains us in one true faith, he sends us into the world to confess that faith. He can, we confess the faith that he has given to us so that this way, his word is spread throughout the world. And as we confess, as we confess, as you confess your faith to family, to friends, to associates, and all the people in our lives, he has promised to use our confession to bring others before Christ for healing. The healing that produces faith, the healing that delivers forgiveness. And in this, this kind of crazy way, Jesus has promised that his message will travel through the entire world and that his church will grow. And in this way, he will bring many from all over the world into heaven to live with him forever. This is his promise. This is his message. In the name of Jesus, amen. soul again 
Let us confess now together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, whether here or elsewhere, to praise your holy name and appeal to your mercies by our prayers perfected through your Holy Spirit and by the grace of your Son, Jesus, who stands as our Redeemer beside you. Heavenly Father, thank you for all of our blessings that we so often overlook or take for granted. We thank you for our nation, our form of government, nearly limitless food and water, and our families and friends. We thank you for the earth and your beautiful creation surrounding us. We thank you that we have lived in relative peace with one another over many decades, especially when we consider other nations around the world. We especially thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit, who provides our faith in Jesus and keeps us focused on his saving grace throughout our lives. We also thank you, Holy Spirit, for constantly reminding us when our actions and even our thoughts violate our Holy Father's commandments and precepts for our peaceful and holy lives in his name. Without your reminders, Holy Spirit, we would begin to think that we're so special that we could please God Almighty by our own actions and earn eternity with him in heaven on our own merit. Thank you for humbling us and saving us from such foolishness and arrogance. We're fearful, Lord. We're scared like never before. We worry for the future of our nation and that of the world. We face the onslaught of a dangerous and highly contagious virus throughout the world Friends and families have become sick and face uncertain recovery. At the same time, we have medical professionals, news media, and elected leaders who often serve their own egos, greed, and need for power to the point of constantly lying to our citizens in order to create and foster fear among us and between us. We simply don't know who to trust or believe, and we have become angry with everyone. 
It's as if Satan himself has been let loose to ravage our society, and perhaps he has. Holy Father and Holy Spirit, we know that Jesus has served us for eternity, but we really pray, saved us for eternity, but really pray earnestly that you would save us from the enemies surrounding us, whether those enemies be those humans worshiping a hateful and false god in Allah, or atheistic governments in socialized countries around the world. We humbly ask that you save our society as you did King David when he too was surrounded by those intent on destroying him and the Israelites. We also ask for your mercy and protection for those abandoned by our government to face the evil of those we foolishly empowered in Afghanistan. Please, Holy Spirit, restore integrity, wisdom, and truthfulness to our national leaders and help us save those facing evil around the world. Please protect us from the evil intent of some we have invited into our nation as refugees from war and of those who may enter our nation's borders illegally. We also pray for all who have and are encountering the destruction and tragedies associated with severe weather throughout the United States as well as elsewhere. Your earth is unsettled just as we are. We have massive fires, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes. Mercifully, we have not yet experienced an earthquake recently, but neighboring countries have with terrible results. Holy Father, please stretch out your hands and calm your earth. Please protect those emergency responders who risk their own lives to save others and restore peace and comfort where it is lacking. Holy Spirit, Please comfort those people who face tragedy and uncertainty for their futures and lead us to provide whatever help to them that we are able. We pray for the safety of our military, police, and firefighters who face danger every day. We pray for the faithful of Reformation Lutheran Church and Victory Outreach. Shield us from harm and help us to serve one another. We pray for the safety of those who may be traveling especially those from our congregation and our families. Please, Holy Spirit, heal the sick. Command the COVID-19 virus to retreat from our midst and not return, and guide us through your Holy Spirit to comfort the lonely and those in despair. Many in our congregation and many of our family and friends face serious medical conditions and we love them all. You are the great physician and you can heal with merely a thought. We pray with all humility, Father, that you would bring your comfort and healing to your children on earth and show your glory and might to all those who doubt your preeminence in our lives. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. 
Will you please stand if you're able? Please pray with me. Blessed are you. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Also, um, uh, the operative word in every service is to serve. And so, um, if you would like me to come to the pews,
won't you please allow me to do that, to serve you? Okay? So it makes my heart glad to be waiting on and serving you the Lord's Supper. And if you can't let me do that, then we'll see you up here on the rail because come, the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. So cleansing blood of the 
that Sunday white as snow, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Beyond the sunset, hopeless morning, when with our Savior heaven is begun, her soiling ended, all glorious dawning, beyond the sunset, when day is done, beyond the sunset, no clouds will gather, no storms will threaten, no fears annoy. Oh, day of gladness, oh, day unending, beyond the sunset, eternal joy. Beyond the sunset, a hand will guide me to God the Father, whom I adore. His glorious presence, His words of welcome, will be my portion. sunset, oh glad reunion, with our dear loved ones who've gone before, in that fair
just that simple. Christ and him crucified. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for saying the word that took the demon heart out of us. Thank you, Jesus, for healing those that are spiritually deaf, spiritually blind. Thank you, Jesus. And now, the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Hail to the Lord's Anointed. Hail.